right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd, and this is episode 150 of the Pineapple Couch. A real treat for everyone today. I'm going to be joined by Alex Cantor to discuss all things NBA. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Zion Williamson, some weird shit going on there. Preview the Warriors' second half of the season. Talk a little bit about Harden and Embiid, some sleeper title teams. Portland, what's going on there? And we're going to finish the pot off with our X-Factor players for this season and postseason. We'll explain all that to when, we get, when we get there. But if you're liking what you listen to, subscribe on Spotify or Apple. And let's get into it. Alex, my friend, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Like I said, a little chilly out here in, in, the, in the Rockies. But other than that, we're, we're surviving, we're living. Alex, is he's, he's burrowed into his ig- igloo, and he is hunkered <laughs> down to talk some hoop. Um, and we're going to get to the, the Denver Nuggets in a bit, but we're also going to get to your hometown Warriors in a moment. But let's start off with what could go down as the weirdest, like, first pick, or if... I Okay. We're just going to talk about how weird it is with Zion. I, I don't even know how to describe it, Alex. So much shit is going on. Um, everything was kind of brought to life, Alex, by CJ. He's on the TNT broadcast during All-Star Weekend. And he it comes up, basically, that since he was traded there, he hasn't heard from Zion at all. No text saying, welcome to the team. No call. Just absolutely nothing. And at first, I was kind of like, oh, everyone needs to settle down. And then I started thinking a little bit more about it. And that's really weird. CJ is a well-respected well, well respected player in the NBA. He's very good. And just the zero contact thing, like, listen, I get it if you don't like New Orleans, but you, there's some sort of relationship decorum that you have to have with your teammates. What's your take on this, Alex? So I, I, I think it goes back to – so first of all, I think it starts with the Pelicans organization. Mm-hmm. Like – they created an environment initially for Anthony Davis to essentially stop playing and bail. And so you now have one superstar leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then go through like a group of these young guys that seem to have like a pretty good rapport, right? Like yeah. uh, around Ingram for the most part. I liked Lonzo um, with them last year. Yeah. Lonzo, Josh Hart. Like it wasn't like they were going to be winning a lot of games, but it seemed like it was an okay environment to be in. Mm-hmm. Um and then you have Zion, which, you know, there's a lot coming out initially about like his body and his injuries and, mm-hmm. and this and that. And and maybe this is similar to like a Ben Simmons situation, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and maybe this is something we just like see more often. I, I don't know. Right. But that's where this is all leading. When you think about what went on with Ben Simmons, what's gone on with James Harden, um, I think that it's going to keep trending in this direction until something maybe in the next like collective bargaining agreement is worked out to like make this not as easy. Mm-hmm. But um, the, what you, you mentioned Ben Simmons and what I think is really interesting is, is this Zion story is like blowing up right now. You know, it's, I think it's been like this the entire season. They've never really had an idea, but everyone was just talking about Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And so now this comes out, and Zion's more in the public view. And it, there's two things, right? Is he hurt? We don't know. And 
is he like really like just out on New Orleans and maybe like is just gonna request a trade or like he hasn't played enough to really like warrant a hundred million dollar rookie extension. Like I know he has the talent, Alex, but you know, like what do you do if you're the Pelicans in that situation? No, it puts the Pelicans in such a bad I mean, he's played 85 games. He's played 85 <laughs> games. He's played 85 games. And I, I just don't understand. You know, I think one of the things that that I'm sure folks listening also saw was the email that the Pelicans sent out. Yeah, go through that. Says, you know, we're looking forward to the upcoming season. And we have, you know, an amazing group of players, including, you know, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. Valanchunas. Valanchunas. Turns out, no Zion. Which is almost weirder to me than the than the the JJ Reddick thing, right? Because what I'm thinking is that if he's so detached from the New Orleans Pelicans at this point, they're not even including him in promo material. He's probably like, I don't give a shit who CJ McCollum is. I don't care who's on the team. I'm not even on the team anymore, right? So I think it starts there, and I think that the CJ McCollum thing is probably an outcome of whatever else is going on there. But I think to your point, like, is this one of these things where we now just don't see Zion play another game in, in New Orleans. He sits out the rest of this rookie contract. And then we just see him pop up healthy in shape in Milwaukee. The Knicks, or yeah, in, you know. In Utah. Like, I have no idea how this actually plays out. It's so weird. And it's also just really unfortunate, right? Yeah, like it sucks. As a, as, a, as, a, as a fan of the game, you know, you want to see him playing. And, uh, you know, it sucks it's to see. It sucks to see, too, because when you put it like think about his draft class, second overall pick, John Morant, John Morant, we're seeing take a leap this year. We're seeing him put his team into the finals contenders. He's the top seed, one of the top seeds in the West. He's making that leap. And it, we thought that Zion would be at this point and we don't get to see him. And so if it comes out that he just has a really weird injury and because of like some of the physical concerns of his just weight with how fast he moves. Maybe that they're just, he's being very cautious and there's a disagreement with the Pelicans. Maybe that's what it is. But Alex, if it comes out that he is just like, I'm not giving new Orleans a chance. I always wanted to go to the Knicks or wherever. That's awful. And mm-hmm. that's a, that's just like a terrible precedent to set because, like, what's next? Our number one overall picks going to just tell the teams before they draft them, like, yo, don't draft me. Are we getting to that point? Yeah, and I think, like, I, I was, you know, it's funny because when you look at the, the, you know, mock drafts are starting to come out, you know, for next year as, mm-hmm. as the college basketball season starts to, to wrap up. And you see probably the usual suspects at the top, you know, the Orlandos. Um, and it's just going to suck because these teams will never under these circumstances under these rules these mid-market organizations unless you get the unless the, you get a job Giannis's, or the yannis's right yeah. a, a guy who's a superstar but loves a community and, and wants to stay and he wants to win um or even luca like it doesn't seem like luca is probably going to leave like yeah. i don't know maybe it's a maybe it's a european thing you know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> They just love Dallas, Texas. <laughs> yeah, they love Dallas, Texas. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't get it. And, and it's just, it sucks. And I think, I think what you said is correct. It's going to set a really bad precedent if he's not hurt as, as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan. Yeah. And what is crazy is that we're talking about Zion freaking Williamson. We're talking about the number one overall pick, 
in the draft. We're talking about people when he came out as a prospect. He is the best prospect, not since Anthony Davis, since LeBron. That's what people were saying. And if you saw his highlights he's, and you saw some of his play when he was early on in the league, you could see that. But, like, he's is he not – he's, like, not communicating his actual injuries to the team? He's not meeting with team physicians? Like, it – it sounds like, and again, this is something I'll say. Stephen A. Smith said this, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> like his family, like really, like runs his like what he's doing, like, and they have maybe bigger goals than New Orleans. But you're right. This sets this screws mid market franchises unless you get the rare ones. A hundred percent, and you know. I think that's a really good point, right? This isn't this isn't some fifteen, uh, you know, fifteenth pick in a in a in a draft, right? This was supposed to be the next face of the NBA, mm-hmm. and honestly, I think that he's already lost that. I think oh, when yeah. you think about this draft class, it is Jaw, right? Mm-hmm. So I I just don't understand like. Okay, maybe you have higher expectations than New Orleans. I'm sure a lot of people do. I'm sure Brandon Ingram does, right? Yeah. But the but thing you, is, you have to you deal with score it. 30, 30 a game there, you know? Score 30 a game there, and then maybe go somewhere else. There's talent you know? there. There's talent yeah. there. That's why, like, like this isn't a bottom-of-the-barrel 13-47 and 47 Magic team. There, Brandon Ingram's nice. Josh mm-hmm. Hart was nice. Okay, even now you bring in CJ. CJ is a nice piece. Valanciunas is good. You have Lonzo. It's he's not in basketball purgatory, um, but just to like maybe I don't know if you have anything else on this, but just to put like a, a a bookend on it to like show how crazy this is, Alex. It is literally the same thing as if LeBron James was like, "I'm not playing for the Cavs when they drafted him." That's what this is like. Yes, it's not his hometown, but it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. Like, and think about how that shifts the entire history of basketball if that happened. I guess. Yeah, and, and it also just it it really like. It Steph didn't want to go whole... to the Warriors. When you think about the, the legacies of basketball players, I think we find we're finding this out more and more, especially when you look at guys like Kevin Durant. You can have championships. You can have MVPs. What sets you apart then at that point is the narrative, right? It is the mm-hmm. legacy in which you achieved what you're trying to do. Now you want a guy like as I Williamson, or maybe who says, I want to be a, a hall of famer. I want to be one of the greats. Okay. Well then take a guy like Anthony Davis. He probably had those same expectations and now his narrative is completely changed. Right. Um, and even like Kevin Durant, his, yeah, his, his narrative has changed as well. And I just oh, don't, yeah. I don't understand how, how, when you think about his family saying, you know, we're thinking big picture that they're not thinking about the legacy and like everything. And like, people don't forget these things that you, that you leave an organization like that. That's not how it, this goes. Um, oh yeah. And you're going to always butt up against the legacy guys. You're going to butt up against the, the John Morant's who I bet you John Morant's going to stay in Memphis forever. Yeah. You're going to bump up again, the Giannis in Milwaukee, the, the Curry in Dallas, the Curry and Thompson and Trey Young. The Trey Young in Atlanta, those guys are making it happen in those locations, and it and it's just a. Again, I I know we're both speaking to this with the caveat that he may not necessarily be injured. If he's injured, okay, well maybe communicate that out so we as yeah, don't rip you apart. Yeah, but dude, but we text. don't know that. We don't know that. Send a text. <laughs> send a text to Stephen A. 
like yeah um it's it's gonna be very interesting to monitor this situation and i'll agree with what you said about how this affects your legacy because james harden now when you tell the story of james harden's career you might mention how he got super fat in houston to get traded <laughs> like that's not 100 that's part of the narrative like i mean all the goats all of them the only one who is that high up on goat lists that has changed teams is lebron and he did end up going back to his team that drafted him but the other thing i'll give lebron credit here bro he was in cleveland for like eight years when they had nothing to start his career he's not he wasn't like complaining year one so tough look for zion yeah, you're going when you're going to the championship with mo williams it's time to kind of look around yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent uh, big z not doing it for you uh, <laughs> all right alex the warriors let's uh they're sitting at second in the west six and a half games behind the suns suns dealing with an injury of chris paul but they're sitting at 42 and 17 a game and a half up on the young surging grizzlies the last 10 games the warriors are about six and four no, they're not about six and four they are six and four just for the record um and i think this is a good part of the season to reflect on how they've done so far what we would have thought at the beginning of the season if you told us hey at the all-star breaker two number two in the west 42 and 17 second best record in the league we should keep that in mind and then we should also look about like what is the outlook for this team if they want to win a championship what are things that need to happen um so first off alex if i would have told you in September that the Warriors at the All-Star break would be 42 and 17 and second in the West and Clay Thompson's back. Would you, wouldn't you say sign me up 10 out of 10, like 100 out of that's better than any. Of I us. would say I, I wouldn't believe you. I think I wouldn't believe you. I, I think the Warriors, I think the Warriors are exactly where they need to be right now. Yep. And when you think about when teams get hot, you don't need to be hot going into the all-star break or around the all-star break for some teams. If you're making a push to make it into the playoffs to win a championship, I don't necessarily think that's the uh, recipe, right? But no, not at all. when you think about where the warriors are, there's not a lot of incentive, honestly, nowadays to, to get the first, the first overall. Yeah. You have potentially one more round of a uh, home court advantage, but at the end of the day, it's not like, Oh, this isn't the NFL, right? We don't have to have the number one seat. Mm -hmm. So if that yeah, and this is a bad number... team. And it's a bad team. That shit. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem. What we have to go? What to Phoenix? To Phoenix. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's the end of the world. Sure, it's not, it's not the worst flight. And Steph Curry. I think, are gonna be I think really they nervous. would probably like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they haven't played in a big arena before, but they're exactly where they want to be. And I think what will happen is when you have Wiseman come back and you have Draymond come back we might still not be winning games at that point for a little bit. I think we'd still probably be in this little lull. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. The second that we go into that last stretch and into the playoffs, first of all, our rotation's going to get cut in half. Oh yeah. We're going to be playing eight guys, maybe nine guys uh, for basically the remainder of the season. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point is when you, when the rubber meets the road and, and that's when we need to be really, really good. Uh, yeah. I, I expect that. It sounds like Draymond's progressing really, really well. sounds like Wiseman. There hasn't been any, more setbacks since the last one. He's now playing full contact basketball. Expect to see him soon. Um, I think we just need enough landing room for those guys to get back up to speed and into basketball shape. 
get a couple good wins under our belt and head into the playoffs, regardless I, of the seed, right? I agree 100%. Every, like everything we're going to talk about with the Warriors of what they need to have happen to win it all, to do things, none of it matters if Draymond Green's not healthy. We should establish that. That is obvious, but that's really for this team all I care about in the second half of the season. Because like you said, I'm not worried about these guys going on the road. I don't want to rush Draymond Green back. I don't want to rush Wiseman. I may rush back. It's been a while. But I just need, like you said, give them some time to get their legs, get get up to speed, let Draymond get back to used to playing with Clay. Give me 10 games of that, 15 games. Sounds like we're going to get that easily. Sounds like mm-hmm. Draymond's mm-hmm. going to be about two weeks away. Wiseman, I've I heard today, is closer than Draymond. So we agree it's an easy point to make about the importance of Draymond, Alex. But what could Wiseman be for us this year? Because if you're thinking big picture for the playoffs, we're going to have to maybe think about a guy like DeAndre Ayton. And who knows if the fi- if we make the finals, what if you see Joel Embiid? Kevon Looney, I love the dude. Works his ass off. Best offensive rebounder in the game. But is, he, is him and Draymond enough? Or is that where it's like, shit, we need Wiseman? Because I know Draymond, we can go small at the end of games. I know that. But... Are we depending on Wiseman for minutes in the playoffs? Do we think that's a realistic thing? I don't think that we can. You know, I don't either. I, I, I think that I like I I wouldn't be surprised. I think that Wiseman's really good, but he hasn't played. He hasn't played it. You know, and DeAndre <laughs> Ayton has been playing and is good. Duell Embiid probably the MVP this season. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a matchup with Wiseman and DeAndre Ayton and Wiseman has four fouls and six minutes and two points, three boards. And now we're back to Kevon and Draymond, right? Like that yep. would not surprise me at all in a game in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. He gets a little nervous. He hasn't played in eight months he's, now. He's, n- he's never like played in a big game in his life. Exactly. So I, I, I think we can place almost no reliance on him. I think really have to, how we have to view Wiseman going into this final stretch is simply an additive to what we're already doing, right? Like, giving more space to 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 Steph on on the on the high pick and roll hit a three it rack the boards and and be a lobs. massive presence in the, in the lobs right mm-hmm. but but again I, I don't think we can count on on this Wiseman piece coming back and it now changes the narrative of the Warriors I think I think we got to continue with what we're doing and now we just have a seven footer coming off the bench yeah anything like I agree anything with him is gravy exactly. anything he can provide to us it's, we haven't had it, so it will help um, because, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be able to stay on the floor in fourth quarters when you're going against dudes like Chris Paul, who's just going to bring him out for a pick and roll, John ja, ja Morant. And that's not a, a really a hit on Wiseman. Like we've said, he just has not played that much, even in college. So the hope is that the Warriors can do this without Wiseman. Um, let's talk a little bit about Clay Thompson. Um, him coming back, Alex, obviously he was shooting quite a bit and he, he slowed that down. He was just kind of chucking clay, but it was, I was fine with that. That's why I liked that we had such a good record to start the year. Cause it gave us the cushion for him to do that. So he's coming offensively. He seems to be coming into form. Um, my big question is, is do we think, cause he's, he's like a half step slow. If you think about defensively of what he used to be. Is that something that we should think? Is that possible this season for us to see maybe him gain that half step back? 
because he looks healthy. So, yeah, I think the key to that is Andrew Wiggins, right? Like, I think Andrew Wiggins is so key to what the Warriors are achieving this year because Clay Thompson does not have to guard the best starter guard or for or small forward on the opposite team. I think mm-hmm. that's critical, right? It allows Clay. I mean, if if he can get to that, awesome. But I don't think he has to get to that for us mm-hmm. to win big games. What he has to do, though, is make big shots to give uh, give Steph space, give Wiggins space, give everyone else space. If if he's going cold, uh, we're we're in a we're in a worse spot. But I, I agree. It seems like he's getting more in his rhythm, rhythm averaging seventeen a game yeah. after being out two years. Um, and I think that we've watched enough Clay Thompson basketball that when the pressure gets higher mm-hmm. and the season gets to the end and the playoffs begin, I think that I'm pretty sure if I were to ask Clay Thompson this, he'd be like, yeah, it's a, pretty much the same as me shooting in my backyard. I, I cannot pay less attention to the, mm-hmm. to the pressure of a, of a singular basketball game. So I have a lot of faith in him than I would more so another player probably coming off an injury like that, um, especially offensively. I think that he does look a bit slow on defense, but again, I think that he can probably still guard the second best player. Curry, mm-hmm. we go back to our original defense that we had, you know, two years ago. We really, really hide Curry on another guard yeah. uh, and let Andrew deal with the, you know, potentially the Ben Simmons of the league. You shit, you put the Bookers of the league. Put on Chris Paul, you put him on anyone, right? Yeah. And another thing that I like about this team, and um, just credit to Bob Myers. I texted you this the other day. That's a little side tangent. We're losing Kevin Durant, and he turned through the D'Angelo Russell move. He turned just losing KD into Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga. That is very, very impressive. Um, but another good move that Bob Myers has made is you're, we're talking about how Wiggins can fill that role a little for Clay if he's not fully there. Another guy, GP2. He is great, and we'll see how the playoffs treat him. He is a younger player. He's never been in those big moments, but he's an elite defender. And if he can get a little more consistent with that three-pointer, you know, you could throw out some weird lineups with him. But that's what I want to get into now, Alex, is what type of closing lineups we we expect to see from this Warriors team in the postseason. Um, you have, the obviously, the big three that will be in it every single time. Clay, Steph, Draymond. And then there's more people than you think to choose from for those other two spots. Because should we pencil Wiggins in as four? He's played pretty well I to the point you, where we I think do. That you, I think that you pencil him in. I mean, who knows depending on what, what is required. Like, I think offensively he's looked really, really good this year as opposed to other years. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think Wiggins has been in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals yeah. before, right? Or, or some of these bigger games. Um, I think the three that you mentioned are going to be great. And then I it think that you, you have Wiggins in. Yeah, that's it, a matchup game. I think that you probably have Wiggins in there. But I think in that fifth spot, I think we go, we, we, we stay small. Yep. You know, you got Jordan um, Poole. Yeah. The, the Jordan pools, uh, even auto Porter sometimes. Ah, when you think about Otto Porter in that last Phoenix that's game, he's a, he's a great it. matchup in terms of size and shooting ability. Wouldn't be surprised if he was in there. You know who's um, going to be in there too is Iggy. And Iggy. 
And I trust right? like that's that's the crazy part about this. I mean, shit, you can put Juan Toscano Anderson in there and I'll be happy. Right. Like I, I really not, do think that with Jellica, whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. Just not him, please. God, yes, I, really, I think I only refer to him as Balenciaga nowadays. But <laughs> yes, yes, he's probably not making it. Um, but otherwise, I think the rest of it becomes matchup. Right. Like if it's a defensive matchup, uh, Gary Payton, Juan yeah. Toscano, if it's offensive matchup. Uh, Otto Porter, Andrew Wiggins. If Jordan it's Poole. manage the damn game, Andre Iguodala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And th- that gives them a lot of flexibility. I and the other dude we have to mention in the case of if they get matched up against a, a Philadelphia or if something weird happens in the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, Looney being yeah. involved in that and um. Uh, let's get to this really quick too. A guy we haven't mentioned that much, but who's been great this year, who I know you're high on as well as Jonathan Kaminga. I think he will see postseason playing time, maybe some series less than others. I do not think he's ready to close lineups yet though. Yeah. One of the things that I remember Bob Myers saying post drafting Kaminga, the NBA, I think Kawhi Leonard is the premier example of this. Mm -hmm. We always think about you make it to the NBA because you are the most superior at your craft of basketball. Yeah. That isn't necessarily the case. You take a guy like Jonathan Kaminga, he's six, eight. And one of the most athletic guys you'll see in the, in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we match him up in an organization with some of the best coaches, some of the best GMs, best owners, best shooters. He will learn how to play the game of basketball much yeah. better than he does now. But you can't teach a guy to be 6'8", and you can't teach a guy to have the athleticism that he has, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I, I, and he has a level of basketball. Like, you're right, he's not polished as much as a, as a shooter in some ways. I mean, shit, he's 19. But he has shown instances or flashes of just – he's smart. He He's starting to get the X's and O's of basketball, like specifically what comes to mind – I don't remember what game this was against, but he crosses up his guy and you think, oh, here we go. He is going to go 150 miles per hour at the rim to try and dunk it. And whoever it was that stepped in was just going to get an easy charge foul. Like that's what a rookie with that athleticism always does. And what he did is he Euro stepped him. And that the little improvement that we've seen in that, I think, is a product of he's he's got that competitor that basketball in him but also Andre Iguodala, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, they're in his ear. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think the Warriors have done such a great job with Kaminga because they realized they did a really bad job with James Wiseman. Not saying he's a bust or anything, but they didn't they didn't help make it easy on the guy at all. No, I think they they basically brought him in and they said this is your skill set and this is the piece that you're going to fit on our team. And we never felt like we were ever going to expand on that. It seems like Kaminga is like, Hey, you are what you're bringing. Um, but we're going to expand on your game. Yeah. Whereas Wiseman, it was, Hey, for this season, you're going to run high picks and you're going to duck. And that was it, which he probably hated. And we're going to throw you out there with shitty lineups with no help. And yeah, it, and that was a guy, again, like we keep saying with him, He's not, he hasn't really played that much. He didn't, he played what, eight games in college? Maybe less than that. Um, what let's last thing on the Warriors, Alex. Steve Kerr, 
Obviously, I think he's done a fantastic job this season to get this team to 42 and 17, but that isn't, I still have a couple grievances, um, primarily being Steve, stop subbing Steph out when he is on fire. He has this like weird new rotation with Steph that I think. Throw, has thrown Curry off a little. You look at the percentages, a little lower than usual. I don't think that's because Steph's falling off. Did you just see mm-hmm. the All-Star game? I think it's... I don't like the rotation that much that he does with Steph, but I'm giving Steve Kerr the benefit of the doubt and saying he's doing that in the regular season to preserve Steph, and he's not going to do that BS in the playoffs. Yeah, so I know this is the first year that Steph... I mean, uh, in the last, you know, six years that he has changed Steph's rotation. He plays a full second quarter, I think, mm-hmm. nowadays, where he never used to do that. Um, I do imagine all of that goes out the door, probably, when we hit playoff time. Um, but, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I still don't understand how we haven't seen that Curry 65 piece yet. Um, hopefully it comes one day. Yeah, um, hopefully. And, uh I mean, last thing on the Warriors, to sum it all up, they're in a good spot. Just need to get the some runtime for Draymond, and I'm confident with them going against anyone in the West. Uh, let's go to the Eastern Conference here, Alex. The blockbuster trade of the trade deadline, and no, folks, we're not about to break the news of the trade deadline trades two weeks later. I promise. <laughs> we're not that late to it. But I do want to talk about, we haven't seen Harden and Embiid team up yet. I think we're going to see that maybe Thursday or Friday. Um, I don't want to get too much into the Ben Simmons stuff because I feel like it's just the same constant thing with him. It's like, we'll see it when we see it. But with Harden and Embiid, let's talk a little bit about what we could see from them um, and how they could coexist, work together, maybe some pick and rolls. Embiid, he isn't like, he's not like a lob threat, like a Clint Capella, but I still think their pick and roll could be absolutely lethal. Um, so Alex, First, what do you think of that dynamic between the two of them? And then I have a question for you. So I think the really simple answer is, hey, these are two really ball-heavy guys. Um, It's not going to work. I I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think it is true that they're both ball-heavy guys. But what I think is that you finally, for both of those organizations, have two players, assuming that James Harden probably starts playing, but you have the opportunity to now have a regular rotation in a team that is playing at a regular cadence with the same guys. Yeah. And I think that that is more impactful than the fact that they're both ball dominant players. You know, you have uh, Embiid who's coming off of almost a full season now without his supposed counterpart who he seems jazzed about. I you love James I Harden. We've had to deal with a different lineup every two days because depending on the vaccine mandate or depending the on injuries. who he is hurt and the injuries to his team, he seemed like he was over it. Mm-hmm. So he gets to get back to being the man, which I think we can all agree. James Harden probably should be the man, you know, like when he was in Houston, you know, I was, I, I was thinking about it recently when the last time the uh, Warriors played the Nets is that I fully lack all of that fear that I used to have when we used to play Houston. You know that oh, fear yeah. where you're they seeing were terrifying. every CP3 single time. And James Harden were terrifying. Every time James Harden gets the ball, he's going to score. He's going to get fouled. He's going to get to the line. He's going to shoot a floater. He's going to hit a three. I think that being in Philly will hopefully re-energize that. I think Doc Rivers is a really, really good coach 
for James Harden, honestly, uh, somebody that he hasn't had before. Uh, and, and I'm actually really looking forward to it. And I think we might get into this later. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Philly makes a little bit of a run. Yeah. Um, I think Vegas is thinking they're going to, and that's why Joel Embiid is the MVP favorite. Um, Doc Rivers, what I will say, um, we've seen him handle star teams with a bunch of superstars on it multiple times. And it's actually interesting because he did a very good job with the Boston Celtics team. He did what I thought was a good job with the Clippers team for the first two to three years. But, you know, after a while, things get sour. Um, I don't blame him at all for this Ben Simmons shit because Ben Simmons is out there. But I think what is going to be essential to this pairing, and this is on Doc Rivers, and I, I think he will be able to do this. I mean, it's another thing in the playoffs, Doc Rivers, like blowing 3-1 leads. But he needs to do a really good job of like spreading out these guys when he's playing them in games. So they each get opportunities to lead groups and get their touches because with the pace that Embiid's playing at and with me agreeing you that Harden needs to be like the closer, that guy that he can be, you need to vary the minutes up. Don't you think? Cause they're ball dominant guys. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's one of those things where like Chris Paul was such a good player to be with James Harden. Right. Yeah. I think Chris Paul's always such a cop out for that, honestly, because Chris Paul could play really well with basically anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he was too good of a, uh, a teammate to James Harden. That's why James Harden traded him. He's like, God damn, this guy wants <laughs> me. He wants what's best for this team. He wants, he wants, me, to, he wants me to succeed. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, what you might see is, you know, James playing earlier on. Uh, then you have like a second quarter and bead third quarter together, you know, and then a little bit of Harden at the beginning and then, and then, then paired up again at the end. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I just think at some point, and I'm sure they're having these conversations internally, right. Of who is our go-to, what does that leadership look like? Cause without Ben Simmons there, there has not been like a two headed team in Philly. It is Joel's team through and through. He is the MVP. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious to see, you know, Harden coming from a Houston team where he was the man goes to New York where he's not the man and clearly doesn't like it. You know, what does that now look like in Philly? Uh, yeah. Does it change such mixed signals from James Harden? Because like he had a comment in Brooklyn where basically he was like, I didn't come here. So like I had, like, I thought it would be different here. I didn't want all this pressure on me here. But then he's like, I don't want to be here. I want to go to Houston or to Philly so I can be the man. It's just James Harden doesn't make that much sense to me. But uh, let's I'll ask you this question, Alex. What does this 76ers team need to accomplish this season slash postseason for it to be not a failure for us to consider like, hey, is it championship or bust? Is it? I don't think so. I think that falls more on. Uh. Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I think I think Eastern Conference Finals. I think if they're not making it to the East Eastern Conference Finals, they're probably in a bad spot, especially with an MVP candidate. Um, but I think if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they're going up against Milwaukee, they're going up against Miami or uh, you know, Brooklyn. Chicago. I mean, who knows? Chicago, right? Be. Like it could be, you know, that could that could be really interesting um to see. And I don't I don't think that that's like unrealistic. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that they have 
I mean, I'm sure they have championship aspirations. I don't think they're necessarily a championship team, especially with the level of uh, talent now that's at the top of the East. Um, but again, I, I don't think it's championship or bust for them, especially given the just all the Ben Simmons saga. Like if they, out of all of that, can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think that would be uh, yeah. a, a good spot going into next year. Okay, so you're, so you're saying basically get out of the second round, have a decent showing in the Eastern Conference Finals. I can't be too pissed if you lose to Giannis or Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I'm with you. That's that's not that unreal. But I wouldn't mind that Philly Brooklyn series. That would oh, be, that uh, every that is that. Please uh, NBA break gods <laughs> make that happen. Imagine I it was uh, I think it was Zach Lowe uh, who said uh, a week ago, "What if they play in the playoffs and in Philadelphia in the fourth quarter, Doc Rivers, Hackashacks Ben Simmons?" Oh, that'd be, the, that'd be that the, maybe be the, the greatest dream. sporting moment ever. That would be the dream. And oh my God, Ben Simmons going to back to play in Philly in the playoffs with Philadelphia fans. Oh man, that's going to be chaos. That's going to be absolute chaos. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. I cannot wait. wait. Okay, Alex, let's run through a couple more things here. Um, sleeper title teams. Um, so, what teams do we think that maybe not enough people are saying? That are actually title teams. So let me exclude some teams who cannot be sleeper title teams. The Suns, they cannot be a sleeper title team. The Warriors cannot be a sleeper title team. I would say that the Heat, or no, I I don't think the 76ers, Bucks, or Nets can be a a sleeper title team. Would you put the Heat in that category? Like, because they're first in the East right now. But I don't know. If the Heat won the title, I think we'd be pretty surprised. I agree. I, I think that I, I agree. I, I think agree. so. There's those five teams. There's Golden State, Phoenix, Milwaukee, 76ers, and uh, Brooklyn. Those are the five that's you're not really a sleeper. Do you? I, yeah, I think. Um, I think. Excluding those teams. And I think I think that we allow Miami to be a sleeper because yes, you can be number one that in, in a in a conference that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to win a championship. Shout out Al Al Horford's Hawks. Shout out Al Horford's Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> the Kyle Kyle Corver. Shout out. They were saying that team was better than the Warriors. What a time one in the, the NBA that the, was. I, man, I will never forget the the, the ESPN setting that I had to add to my phone that year of give me Atlanta Hawks notifications throughout the season. And I will never do it again. Um, man, one of the teams that I really, really like um, mm-hmm. is Chicago. Ooh, talk to me. I think that the way that the East is set up, you, you have these behemoths. It's almost like in my mind, the bulls are the Grizzlies of the East, but you have okay. DeMar DeRozan. And, and I think DeMar is such a key piece there uh, in terms of bringing that veteran presence. Uh, I think that I it would be very surprising if they win a championship. I will say that first and foremost. Oh, yeah. Uh, incredibly surprising. But I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. They have a lot of energy, and they're really, really talented. Uh, and they're deep. They can hurt you in so many ways, dude. everyone's hating on Vucevic and then last month or so Caruso obviously goes down which sucks but Zach Levine dealing with injuries they need Vucevic to step up 
putting up like 22 and 10. Mm-hmm. He's a baller. Mm-hmm. They can hurt you in a lot of ways. And the, I mean, they're a sleeper because this is similar to the, similar to the heat, like, cause they kind of go against the idea of you need a top five player to win it all. Agreed. And, and it always just can pan out. Like, let's say they end up playing right. Like right now, let's say they end up playing Charlotte first round. Yeah. Right. Okay. They could probably, they probably could win that second round. Based on the on the standings, maybe they end up having to go play Cleveland or yeah. Miami, right? Like there is a path there for them. Yeah, or the um, Celtics, or the like, Celtics, or the Celtics. None of those teams are convincing, which really puts us at the Sixers, Bucks, and uh, and and the Nets. And who knows even where the Nets? The Nets are sitting on the eighth seed right now. <laughs> the Nets are in the eighth seed, and right? we're so, saying that they're not so, a sleeper. That's how good so Kevin Durant is. That is how good Kevin Durant is. Um, and and that's the point. Like, so so Brooklyn takes out the the one or the two seed. I mean, it's <laughs> going to be really weird. In. You know, we are. Like, you have to. You have to. <laughs> they 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 deserve that respect. I I can't say anything else now. Chicago was screwed if they get that first round matchup against Brooklyn. But they could get around that and they don't have to deal with KD for two rounds. Let KD have to go to Milwaukee. Um, I think there's a path there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I like that. I do. um, I think I could say a very similar thing to what you just said about the Bulls and apply that to the Heat. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go too deep into it with the Heat because we've seen the formula. We saw them do this the bubble season. Like we know what the Heat can do to make the title. Jimmy Butler, he hits big shots. Bam Adebayo is one of the most versatile, best big men in the entire league. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, those dudes, they can shoot the lights out of the ball. And now you add in Kyle Lowry. We that's a very formidable team. Um, I have two sleepers I want to bring up to you. Um, because I subscribe to the theory. I'm addicted to the theory. You basically need a top five to six player to win a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, no, think I think that, that's very valid. And so, like, I love the Grizzlies and John Morant. I'm sorry. I don't see it happening. Um, the Mavericks and the Nuggets. The Mavs. Luca, a little humbled at the beginning of the season, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Cuban recently talked about it. How Luca yeah. had to like acknowledge it, and Luca has been in putting in freaking work the last month or so. Um, it was so weird that he was not starting in the All Star game. It was just yeah. like yeah, Luca's not starting. Like I get it, but like come on. But he also doesn't try an All Star game, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, Jason Kidd, say what we want about his past of coaching and whatever other stuff. He's turned this into a damn good defensive team, which. I I don't I didn't see that being possible. Um, the big question for the Mavs is how will Dinwiddie fit in? He wasn't doing that well in Washington, but I mean they really need to get off Porzingis. You could tell that it was never going to work. Mm-hmm. So I like the Mavs a little for that reason. But the main sleeper, my biggest sleeper is the Nuggets because if Jamal Murray comes back, dude, you could make the argument Jokic is the best player in the NBA. He's that he can do everything. He's like 26, 13, and 10. 
or nine. Like, I don't think he's having a triple-double. And you pair him with Jamal Murray, who we saw what he can do. He was putting up, like, 30 a game when he was in the playoffs in the bubble. That's the route, but is it realistic of me, Alex, to expect Jamal Murray to come back and reach that? Yeah, I think that's a wonderful question. And I think that, I mean, I think Clay Thompson is a good example, right? We think about it, folks being a half step uh, slower. I think the injury is so different, right? Like KD, yeah, he went through that Achilles injury. Your Achilles, when you go through an Achilles injury, it ends up being stronger at the end of it. An ACL mm-hmm. is not the same thing. Um, and I think the style in which Jamal, like a Jamal is like a Damian Lillard type guard. Like yeah, he doesn't he's not play. catch and shoot like Clay. He's not catch and shoot. He's not pass first, really. Like he's an he's a scoring forward uh point guard. And I think that'd be a lot to ask him to come in off that ACL with what he gets, let's say he gets 10 games in prior to the playoffs and then lead them to a championship. Like, I mean, hey, yeah. I think Jokic is incredibly good. Uh I just I I don't I just don't have a lot of faith in some of these other guys. Right. Like I don't have a lot of faith in Aaron Gordon. I don't have a lot of faith in I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is gonna elevate them if, if he yeah. comes back. So, you know, it's one of those situations where Jokic is so good. And if Jamal was there and they could run that two man game, it would be like they were in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, the the reason I will hang on to them um is because of what we saw there. But I I I think it might be a little unrealistic to expect Jamal Murray. Um, but I mean, I just hope with the Nuggets, because I think Murray and Jokic is an unbelievable combo that we could be watching in the future. I really hope this Michael Porter Jr. isn't just like the worst contract of all time and he's hurt for four years and really like fucks up Jokic's title window. That would suck. I I agree. I well, I mean, I, I wonder how Jokic's game changes over time. Right, like I wonder what yeah. his window looks like. Uh, I'm very curious. He's so good at basketball, and he's so <laughs> good at passing the basketball. Yeah, like, that's the best way to describe. This guy him. He's could play so for sixty. He play for sixty years. I mean, I don't know. That's why it's so fun watching him in All Star games. He's like, my skill set is not an All Star game skill set, yeah. right? I am a put me on the elbow of a basketball court, and I'm going to hit the guard. I'm going to hit the cutting forward, or I'm going to step back. It. Yeah, he's um, he's incredible. I hate Michael Porter Jr. I can't stand, Um, but we'll see whatever happens there. Yeah, uh, not looking like a great contract so far. Um, And so we'll see. We'll see. Um, Alex, I touched on this a bit yesterday about basically LeBron James and his future with the Lakers. Um, It's been talked about constantly the last couple days, basically, about how he wants to team up with Bronny. And so, like, yeah, that there's not much to say about that. Like, yeah, that might make Bronny like go 30 picks higher than he was going to go. But with this Lakers situation, it's come to blows with him. Like, he, him and Clutch are really pissed off at Palenka, right? And mm-hmm. it's because they didn't trade a first round pick in Russell Westbrook for John Wall. For John Wall. Wall. <laughs> like, one, I, when I read that stat, I, when I read the headline, I, I I thought I was reading it incorrectly. What does that do? You're in ninth place, bro. You're 27 and 31. You were the one that wanted Russell Westbrook to come here. And now you're at war 
with the Lakers for, or you're pissed off at them for not, it's like, they could have turned what Russell, I mean, dude, imagine if they had Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, and Contavious Caldwell Pope, but they'd be a lot better team this year. Yeah, 100%. And also, I think so much of this, that I think the Lakers are, are finding ways to put this on Russell Westbrook, is on Anthony Davis. Yeah. Anthony Davis is supposed to be one of the top 10 players in the league, and he is insignificant. Yeah, Most of the time, he's not on the court. And when he's on the court, yeah, you might have that, oh, Anthony Davis has 20 in the first half, and they lose. He so, lost it, a shot, dude. Yeah. Cannot and shoot. I mean, he looks 20 pounds heavier than he used to be. And it, I feel bad for Russell Westbrook. I like Russell Westbrook, not necessarily as a basketball player, <laughs> uh, not as a basketball player, but I think that he's really fun to watch, and I, and I like what he does, and I, I think that he deserves blame here. I do not think he deserves all of the blame in any sense. I think a lot of it needs to be put on Anthony Davis. Um, and I think that clutch sports, it's frustrating that it's frustrating for me. I think as a basketball fan to see. Clutch sports is annoying as fuck. Let's just, when you, when you see a basketball player do something and then you, you see, Oh, they're a clutch sports athlete. Right. That's just, it's it's getting a little old to be honest. Mm -hmm. I wonder, I mean, this could be a two hour podcast. This next question I'm going to ask you. So let's try and keep it brief. How does the power of clutch change? when LeBron James retires, is it drastically or is it, they still have such good clientele with from Anthony Davis to Draymond green, to younger guys they're going to get. What do you think about that? With the future of clutch. I think that it definitely changes when LeBron leaves. Sweet justice. I, 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 I it has to, it has to like when, when LeBron leaves, what Anthony Davis says, I want a basketball player. So <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care at all. Right. Yeah. The difference with LeBron though, is that LeBron, even if LeBron isn't operating at 30 points a game, LeBron is such a good leader. He's such a key piece to a successful basketball team. 18 time all-star the guy. I mean, he's one of the two best players of all I mean, time. Yeah. It's so he, different. It, the Lakers record this away. year is not on him. He's fucking great. Yes. Yes. And I he's think that when, when LeBron steps away, I really hope that the NBA pendulum of power swings a little bit away from clutch and back to some level of normalcy. I'm all for player empowerment. It's not about that. It's just this feels like a more collusion than empowerment. Well, think about the biggest scandals of the NBA the last couple of years. Anthony Davis sitting out, Ben Simmons sitting out. What's the common denominator? And these owners are very successful people who don't like being pushed around. Something's going to happen. We'll see what it is, and it's you, it's easy to operate to be very confident the way Clutch has been when you have one of the two greatest basketball players of all time. I was holding my fingers; my fingers were crossed when I said that. <laughs> I just want everyone to know. <laughs> I just want to say, can I add? Can I add yeah, one thing back to the Bronny situation? Yeah. Um, I hope Bronny gets drafted by Orlando. Like, if this is gonna happen. Go put them on a team that's not going to be in the playoffs. If they want to have that little powwow, awesome. I just don't want to see it on a playoff contending team, really. Like they tank the Cavs, their young core. Yeah, that's just – that's just I, I, I don't want to see it. You know, go to Detroit. Go anywhere else. Um, that's just going to be really weird. And I, I don't 
is Braun even good enough to be in the NBA? Like, I, I don't even know what his draft He's, status is. He would have to make, from what I've heard from people, massive leaps in his upcoming senior year of high school and then his freshman year of college, like massive leaps. I think at most right now, generously, if you're being very generous, people will say he's a second rounder. And I mean, what, how, what percentage of that has to do with his dad? And again, Bronny could dunk on me. So I'm not saying he's not good at basketball. The dude could destroy me. Hey, there's a lot of dudes that could dunk on you, but you know. Yeah, LeBron couldn't though. I, I, no. Put the clamps him. on him. Clamps. Um, yeah, it, the outlook for Bronny, I mean, this I think could change, like send him up 30 spots potentially. Um, also, couple... he's 6'3". He's 6'3". Yeah. Your dad's like 6'9". Yeah, he got screwed. <laughs> he got screwed. A um, couple last things here, Alex. Um, I know you share the sentiment. I just want to say that if I could have any coach in the NBA – I think I would have Monty Williams. I love that dude. He is a great coach. And he, like, this sounds cheesy, but he just seems like by far the best dude in the NBA. Um, I'd put like Nick Nurse in the category of just really good coaches too. But uh, Monty Williams, got to see and hear a little bit more of him than I'm used to because he's at the All-Star game. Just, I mean, he's had a, a really tragic events happen in his life. And the way he approaches things, again, not to be cheesy, I just think it's like something like really admirable. And he's just a fucking amazing dude. I'm sure we've all seen this, but Monty Williams' speeches that he gave post playoffs last year after losses, where he's like going into other teams' locker rooms, uh, it was amazing. I can't wait if he if he releases a book, I'm gonna read that in a heartbeat. Um, Put him on the call of some NBA games if he's when he's done coaching. I don't want to be Absolutely. done coaching anytime soon. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's good. what I think. I think he's part of the reason that this this Suns team is so good. They seem so modest, and I think that's also Devin Booker. Like, I think Devin Booker's a really modest guy. I think he's like a killer, but he yeah, Devin Booker is not going to be Devin Booker is not going to be sitting out games. Let me put it that. Way. Oh yeah, and he. My favorite thing about Devin Booker is you put him in the playoffs, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a really good defender now." Like, yeah, I <laughs> exactly. And so I, I think what you're saying about Monty Williams is absolutely true. I think playing on his team probably seems like an absolute delight. It seems like no, every single player that's ever played with him absolutely loves it and evangelizes what he has done. Um, and coaches he's worked for, Jeff Van Gundy talks very, very highly of him. Mm-hmm. Anyone who meets the dude. And it's I'm glad he's getting a little more shine this year. I mean, obviously he went to the finals last year, but – all of that really like credit last year, I feel like went to Chris Paul, which he deserves a lot of it. Chris Paul went there and he helped build this up, but it kind of overshined Monty a bit. And I think this year, um, I mean, let, hey, no Chris Paul this next couple of weeks. Time for D Book and Monty to show why this is number one seed. Um, Alex, I don't even know where to take this next question. What the hell is going on in Portland? <laughs> okay, Portland is they, horrible. Is Dame? Like, is this, what's the uh, Stockholm syndrome? Is, is <laughs> yeah. Dame okay? He's trapped. He's, <laughs> someone needs to go check on Dame seen him? Like... ASAP. I just saw an interview today where he said, you know, this whole trade is is really hard. And I bet it is, man. They had a they had a team in Portland. Like, yes, they weren't necessarily championship level, but it was a team. And they yeah. were pretty good. Uh, and they had, they had a really good crowd. 
they had a really good environment. Um, they're awful now. And if I was Damien, I would immediately try to get out of there as fast as possible. Bro, have you seen what he's, he's like acting like, you don't know, we're going to figure it out. It's like, Dame, like bl blink twice if you're okay, Dame, brother. Like, Dame, with, also, Dave, I don't even know if you have an abdomen anymore. What happened in yeah. your surgery? Can you still play the game of basketball? Like, I, I don't know. If I was CJ McCollum, I bet he's probably thinking, oh, it's really sad I don't get to play with Dame, but at least I'm going to another team and I'm getting out of this situation. Do you know what Damian Lillard's like profile picture on social media is right now? It's him and CJ. And CJ's in a freaking Pelicans uniform, bro. <laughs> What's going on? Imagine if Joel did that. <laughs> him, him and Ben. Him Simmons. and Ben. Him <laughs> and Ben. No, Joel's going to have it with that other meme guy in the suit. Uh, the, yeah, um, I went to my hater's funeral just to make uh, sure he's dead. I, I think we should put this out there. I think we should put this out there that uh, if Damien wants to leave Portland, he will have a seat at the dinner table back home in Oakland. He could back up Steph Curry. He could back up Steph Curry. <laughs> He's I, not starting. I think that he You're would hate starting, it. Brother. He might hate <laughs> that. But that's what we have to do. Uh, but it sucks to see. I don't know. I, I didn't realize this until it's happened. But I enjoyed having Portland be a good team. I enjoy Portland being a good team more than I enjoy Denver being a good team more than I enjoy Utah being a good team. Yeah. Um, Portland's great because it, they, Portland playoff games are really exciting. I don't know if I got that because watching Brandon them. Roy, <laughs> watching watching Brandon Roy go off when we were growing up, you know. Um, yeah, and Dame's provided some huge memories, some big shots, and yeah. I mean, it already came out that uh, Yusuf Nurkic came out today. He's out for a month with plantar fasciitis, and it's like, oh, here it comes. Josh, I miss my out. annual. I miss my annual sweep of Portland. And, and maybe we get more of those, uh, but it's, it sucks. It sucks. It feels like kind of the end of an era up there and um, they should uh, break the team and move up to Seattle probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or um, for the love of God, if the Pelicans, if Zion never plays for the Pelicans again, they should have to go to Seattle. It's like a hundred percent agree. Um, okay. Last question before we wrap things up, Alex, it's been great having you on today. For episode 150, uh, who's the X Factor player for the NBA playoffs? What player is it all riding on? What player can turn the tides of this postseason and determine a champion? I'll let you go first. So I think that it is Kyrie Irving. Ooh. Okay. So I think we're going to see Kyrie play a lot more. Yep. Like, I think it looks like the vaccine mandates are going to eventually allow him to play before the end of the season in New York. Uh, he now has Ben Simmons. Um, if Kyrie can find a way to kind of play off ball and be the Kyrie that we saw earlier and allow KD to still put up ridiculous numbers, I think that team is very, very good. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're very, very good. But I think – I don't know if there's a lot of wild cards, I guess – elsewhere there, like i don't think there is I, there, I think there's a really high high of Kyrie. i think there's a very low low of Kyrie, but i think if Kyrie comes out just absolutely balling like the other part about Kyrie is that Kyrie's won a championship Kyrie's been in very big games he's not like a a handles guy that 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 isn't necessarily a veteran in he hit the he, most heartbreaking shot this. i've ever seen the dude shot me with an arrow yeah he fucked 
Okay. And, and, and I, I think that if Kyrie does it and just goes into these other teams in that initial playoff series, he goes and just cooks Kyle Lowry in Miami or he goes and cooks Zach Levine, like all of that could absolutely happen. Um, and he should cook those guys, honestly. He's and Kyrie. He he's Kyrie. Um, even though he's a little frustrating in a lot of ways. Um, he's burning I think sage. That's, that's, that's who I would probably go with, I think, is a major X factor, especially in the in the East, right? Like, we know these other teams. Yeah. We know these other teams. It, I, it, it was actually, like, harder than I thought it was going to be. Because, like, I wrote down this segment, and I was like, oh, there's, there's going to be, like, ten players we could talk about. And mm-hmm. I don't think there really is. Because, like, Kevin Durant, you can't say is an X factor. Because it's like, it's Kevin Durant. We know. Kyrie is one lad that I, I had down because of the variance. Now he could start playing more and what he's capable of. Um, I thought Jamal Murray was potentially, but I don't want to bank on that. And so I, I have two guys. Two guys. Um, I'll, the one that I have in second, who's not number one, is Anthony Davis. Yes, there's been a lot of struggles with the Lakers this year. And yes, I've enjoyed them. And yes, I don't think they're very good. If Anthony Davis can play like Anthony Davis, I don't care who you're playing. It's hard to beat prime vintage Anthony Davis and LeBron James in a seven-game series. It's not easy. I agree. It's funny. Right before you said that, I said one of the guys that definitely couldn't be on this list is Anthony Davis. The reason being is I think for me, I I just cannot see it. I can't either, bro. It's been so – it's weird. Right? It's like broken my brain. I listened yes. to a dude today yes. say for the next five years he'd rather have Carl Anthony Towns than Anthony Davis, and I was like, oh, "That's the I, correct answer." Uh, yeah, like what's going on? Um, We're in the metaverse now, but I agree. I Anthony Davis is so good, but for him to get to the point where he's putting up 40, uh, 40 yeah. and fifteen, no way, dude. And health wise, and also I, I don't think the team around him is good enough to. Put him in situations to be successful. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, twisted ankles every other second. My number one X factor, this is kind of like not that exciting because we talked about him earlier in the podcast. I truly do think, though, that if Draymond Green is Mm. prime Draymond Green, is healthy and can lead this Warriors defense, I think they, I don't say, I'm not saying they easily win the championship. I do think they easily win the West, though. If Draymond's Draymond, you could beat the Suns in six games. I think if Draymond is really good going into Phoenix, not scary at all. Yeah, going into I think any he could abuse DeAndre Like, yeah, um, I think that's a really good one. I think without, I think that's a really, a really, really good one specifically because without Draymond, um, dude, they could lose. We're in a bad spot. They could get bounced in the second round versus Memphis or something. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we need the presence, but fingers crossed. It sounds like everything was progressing. Yeah. Correctly. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, so Alex, it's been a pleasure. I mean, we'll have to do this again soon. Um, we'll be monitoring all these stories. It's going to be really exciting for the NBA to come back. It's been a little, I've been lonely without it. No football, no NBA the last four days. Um, so excited to see some of the new look teams. Uh, Alex, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me. Uh, and we're getting into the good part of basketball. Oh, it's you heating know? up. This is where it gets fun. Uh, this is where it gets exciting. We're going to have real playoffs, full stadiums. Um, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, can't wait to, to come back in a couple of weeks and we'll, we'll do the whole playoff rundown. 
Oh, yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great. Have a good one, my friend. Thank you, everyone, to listening. Again, it's been episode 150 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, God bless. See ya.